This week on Erotic Awakening, consensual non-consent, toy storage, and nipple warts. BDSM and non-standard relationships. Power exchange and polyamory. Sacred sexuality and fetishes. As, as well, well as simply, simply fun, fun kink. You'll find shows on these topics and more at eroticawakeningpodcastnetwork.com. You can now purchase books by Dan and Dawn, as well as Kinkstarter cards online. Head over to eroticawakening.com and click on the link to buy Dan and Dawn. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you're offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right about now. Hi, Dan. Hi, Dawn. It's been three weeks since we podcast. I don't believe that. It's been three weeks. I've been jonesing. I've been pushing. I've been. We actually have uh, people coming over tonight, and I'm like, uh, let's go podcast now because otherwise it won't get done, and then that's a month. Too long. Yes. <laughs> Funny thing, the people that are coming over, Kevin and Katie, were just on our other podcast, Three Thumbs Up. Oh, that's right. We recorded a uh, review of the. TV or the movie Star Wars, right. where our polyamory review of media, we were the only people in the world to reckon, to miss the polyamory <laughs> angle to it. So we were. So that's kind of that's kind of that's kind of wrong. It's kind of bad. <laughs> so our question of the day today is about how do you store your toys, mm-hmm. and then we're going to get into our topic where we're going to talk some about consensual non-consent, which you and I are going to have to explore a little bit to see if we even quite get the what it is that we're trying to get to with that. Right. So, And it's kind of funny because um, I've actually been talking on FET about how we're going to be talking about our Naughty 101 list on the podcast, and we're not ready to share that just yet. So we can do that maybe next time. Are you making maybe? any progress on your Naughty 101 list? Progress as in getting things done yes. or making the list? Uh, either one. <laughs> I've got 30 things on my what? list. Uh-huh. Bullshit. I've got three <laughs> things on my list. So, but remember, I have the caveat in there that some of the stuff on my list is things that I want to do again. It's not all new stuff. Oh. There's probably about five things on there that I really enjoy yeah. doing, so they're back on my list. Okay. Well, then I might right. have some new things to put on there. Right. The um, naughty one-on-one list for me so far involves doing things with strangers uh-huh. and with our travel coming up this weekend, we may run into podcast listeners that might want to help oh, that the Naughty 101 list. That would be neat. See, I want to I post mine so that people can help me fulfill them, but I want to share them on the podcast first. Mm-hmm. So maybe we need to do that next time. So do you remember your huge tentacle dildo, George? Yes, the purple one. Yes, yes. he's gone missing. He's been missing for a couple of years now. Yes, well now Georgette is still around. Georgette is How still around. How do you around. store a huge pink tentacle dildo um well for that one because of the rubber material it's made of i actually cover it in um i thought it was cornmeal cornstarch 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 oh, cornmeal <laughs> <laughs> that'd be kind of rough and no. gummy oh <laughs> I, mean, I really don't know this is a serious question mm-hmm. so the reason you put cornstarch you put it in a big plastic bag right. with cornstarch and that keeps it from it keeps it dry Mm-hmm. So it doesn't stick to the bag, and so it doesn't get gummy. Oh, and it's cornstarch, so it doesn't impact your... My gluten-free. Gluten-free. Right. <laughs> Would that even be a thing? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it would be a funny way to get... But that's how I store it. So it's in an airtight bag. Well, as airtight as you can get a Ziploc bag uh-huh. with cornstarch, but it's coated in the cornstarch so that it doesn't get wet and gummy and stick to the other plastic. Now, here it is in the brand-new house. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have... Always thought if we had enough space, we would take all of our toys and store them out in the open, uh, all the floggers and mm-hmm. things like that hanging off hooks. 
Um, that was the idea, and this room's definitely big enough to do that. But now we that was we thought of that before we had the granddaughter. Well, so, in the space. Right. So now we have this this huge the Columbus or the Columbus space. Right. Where we can have an office and store all of our toys there oh, as well we because there's a dungeon there as well. We could, though we couldn't do it in the office because I've got people that are going to be coming in for spiritual counseling. Right. So it's kind of like, what the hell? <laughs> so other than that, how do you recommend people? So what we do do to store, if you're not going to store your things out, just have them out in the mm-hmm. open. Uh, for floggers, what we did for a while was we were keeping them in flogger socks. Right. And right. those are simply uh, little cloth bags that are... They're open at each end. Right. So that you can pull tubes, the flogger tubes. through. Yeah, so they're more of tubes. So. Yeah, and you keep your floggers in there. Especially nice for the rope floggers, the softer mm-hmm. material that gets stuck in other stuff. Right. When you have a bunch of stuff, you're throwing it into a bag. They can get all tangled up. We've had that happen with uh, floggers and nipple clamps. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> Learn that the hard way. Yes. So, But we, we also started out with this. Um, it's a black Rubbermaid thing. I think it goes in the back of pickups yes. or something. Yes, yep. And um, so we bought that because we were going to lock it all up when the boys were younger and still with us. And um, we were going to lock it up, and that was going to be it. So we bought this great big thing, and we opened it up and dropped in our little itty-bitty little, what is it, a little cat of nine, a little mm-hmm. whip yep, yep. sort of thing. That and we started so, with. Do we still have that? I, I haven't seen it recently. Think, I don't think we do. So, But we dropped that in the box, and it's like, what the hell are we going to fill this with? Now, two boxes of that size later, and still some of the stuff won't fit in there, we have to find other creative ways. So we're back to, we've moved on to different storage systems, but we're back to those black boxes because of the granddaughter, and they're lockable. So, now, we're not really hardcore about the whole storing, like, all your leathers um, um, that you we. Do the what's that stuff you put on leather? I can't recall it. What, like the mink oil and yeah, stuff? Yeah, that we put yeah. on mink oil and then we wrapped it in bunny fur and right. store it like that, right? And and we found it seems to be unnecessary. I our old floggers, we have a pair made by MT Leather mm-hmm. that are a good those are about 14 years old. And they are still in fantastic right. shape. And we don't take particular now some toys. Here's the difference between your, your cheap Chinese toys, and no, no offense to our Chinese toy makers out there that are listening to the podcaster, which I don't think there are any, <laughs> but from your manufactured versus your hand-tooled stuff. I mean, those, those were, they are lovingly crafted, and they're right. still sitting there, and they're still probably my favorite toy. They're well-worn at this point, but they're mm-hmm. certainly in fantastic shape. So, well, one of the reasons that we don't get to a point where we take care of them as much as some people do is because we tend to lose them in hotels Very faster true. than God, our last four things so that that i really got yeah attached to are gone if you have a no lot of where if you have a lot of canes for a while we were using a, a gun rat, rat a, a gun, a, gun. A, a, a velvet or a, a soft cased gun mm-hmm. holder right like a rifle holder. like a rifle holder for the canes and that works okay because uh, you don't want to walk into a hotel carrying a bunch of canes with you. Right, but then you're walking, a rifle yes. bag. Right, what so the that's hell? not great. And then somebody turned us on to the tubes that artists use mm-hmm. to keep a large uh, portfolio material thingamajiggers in there. I bet you, and that's great for canes, and mm-hmm. I bet you, as I see, we have some Christmas wrapping paper left over from the holiday. Right. You know, they have those plastic Christmas wrapper 
holder oh, cases. Those would probably be, be pretty idea. awesome for canes. And they're, they're a little bulkier than the rifle bag. The problem with the rifle bag is, is that we took it to a hotel and a couple of months later realized we didn't have it, which means we left it in a hotel and it probably got like leaned against a wall and slid behind a dresser. Right. So my purple canes, the dressage whip, the Lexan canes, all of those gone. So I like the bulkier. Yeah. Um, we don't, so we don't, we're not really particularly good at hold at storing toys. Um, we go through different different methods. We've got roll up bags. Yes, we've, we've had roll some up roll up bags on occasion. Um, we've tried. We've wanted to do like a hard shell long case mm-hmm. that would fit on a like a keyboard stand. Right, that would be really nice. But and we yet, haven't got that figured out yet. If you are of a, uh, if you're an artist, or perhaps you've seen, if you live in California, we saw this in California, we're driving around, and we saw somebody set up painting the ocean. They're oh, just, yeah. And what they have, these artists, is they have their kit, it's briefcase size, mm-hmm. and you flip it and flop it, and legs pop down. Right. And it pops open so that it's an easel right there that you can carry with you at all the times. I always thought that would be the perfect toy box mm-hmm. because the problem when you go to a dungeon, a lot of times when you go to play space, is there's no place to put your toys. Right. You I always end up steal chairs or something. Right. I, that's what we end up doing. We'll grab a couple chairs and put them together and make a little table so that you don't have to reach around into your bag to go grab something. Uh, a lot of, sometimes they have tables. Some places have tables, but a lot of times it's a hassle to get a table and a piece of toy furniture, mm-hmm. a piece of furniture to play on. Uh, so I always thought that would be the best scenario if there's something a little but it just needs to be a little heavier those the painter easels that i've looked at they're just not well they're light on purpose so they can be carried right but so. they don't hold a lot from mm-hmm. a toy perspective i've seen some people with the huge um i might revisit uh, that i think i'll revisit kits. that toy easel thing yeah and just be selective in what i pack for a particular like yesterday when we went up for a scene we brought the duffel bag. Right. And I just throw shit into the duffel bag. It's heavy because it's got the cling wrap in it. Oh. See, I was hoping for a cling wrap sort of piece of furniture, but didn't see one. So, so. toy storage, tell us how you guys do toy storage. Mm-hmm. I, I guess we don't really have a best case scenario. Yeah, we've been Those are lot. very expensive bags that you can buy specifically designed for them. I can't remember the vendor's name. We see them on occasion that mm-hmm. they have these suitcases. Oh, yeah. Wheel suitcase, when you open it up, everything, you could hang all your floggers. It's got little hooks and stuff in there. Right. And I've seen people use, like, uh, carry-on luggage. Absolutely. We see a lot of that. But then their canes are sticking out and their dressage whips are sticking out. So it would be nice to have a long, kind of mini (laughs) coffin-shaped sort of toy bag, Mm -hmm. you know, that's on wheels or something like that. That would be kind of neat. So our ultimate toy bag has wheels. It can handle a lot. It's got legs, so it can pop up. Into a table. I almost bought a... um, a piano stand an electric piano stand oh, yeah yeah i was looking at those i almost bought one of those thinking we would just carry that with us you could use the stand and put any old suitcase on top of that mm-hmm. i might revisit that but it felt bulky and difficult to maneuver right well we also bought our own little folding table that we were going to take right. with us to different dungeons you know what it's gone <laughs> i haven't seen it in um, months, I haven't seen it since moving. But didn't you end up using those for altars, or is that a different table you're thinking of? No, it's one of the same tables, but I, it's nowhere to be found. Yeah, but again, um, it's heavy and difficult to right. move around. So if you guys have better ideas or do something uh, better than we'd that. I'd love to hear something. Absolutely. Uh, but I tell you, in the 
15 years you and I have been traveling around, I haven't really seen anything that's, aha, somebody has the perfect solution. Right, right. So, well, and you can send us your ideas, so, or pictures of ideas, that would be neat too, to Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. Or just hop over to Facebook. We have a group there called Erotic Awakening. It's just one word. Mm-hmm. And we are also on FetLife at Erotic Awakening, two words. Other uh, ways to contact us as well as where we will be presenting past, peg, pe, 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 past <laughs> podcast <laughs> episodes. Link to the newsletter and other stuff will be found at eroticawakening.com. Speaking of newsletter, guess what I sent out this morning? A newsletter. The first newsletter actually in January of 2016 and got our first unsubscriber. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, every time I get a newsletter, I make the same decision. Do I care? Right. Do I care enough or where's my unsubscribe button? Oh, goody, right. there it is. Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess we got three new subscribers and we just lost one. So I guess it's oh. a net gain, I suppose. I don't know. <laughs> We've got almost 500 subscribers, though. I suppose we should probably do another contest or something so people will be more uh, motivated to stick oh, around. Oh, that would be neat. I kind of like that idea. But I think the whole point of having a newsletter is just so we can say things like, new subscribers to the newsletter this month include yes. Kiko from Western Australia, Carl from Northern Virginia, and Neela from Western New York. Nice, nice. So that's always nice. I have Australia news, and I can't remember what it is. I came across something interesting about kinky Australia. Yeah? Yeah. I, we've or was used... it poly Australia? Because someone wrote us about a poly Australia thing. Yeah. So, but that's not it. Oh, it is it. You're right. Somebody out there, uh, Rural Australia uh-huh. website to help polyamory people hook up with each other. You're quite right. 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 The idea is because Australia, we don't we think of rural as being, you know, I got to take 20 minutes to get to the grocery store. Right. And some of these areas in Australia are very vast, very large. So to help rural Australians find polyamory. That would be neat. They started neat. a website. Yeah. That we'll would be to, neat. I'll, so, I'll put that in the show notes. Yeah, because they were um, asking us to put together a list of shows of ours that mention polyamory. Mm-hmm. So, And we also sent them to Multiamory, which is one of the podcasts on our network. Yeah. That's funny. Now, here we go with, we've mentioned um, the Three Thumbs Up, mm-hmm. which is our entertainment from a polyamory review on the Erotic Awakening Podcast Network. Right. We just mentioned Multiamory, which is our polyamory focused one right and i've got on my show notes that i wanted to mention the pagist because she said something about nipple warts so it's always worth mentioning somebody who says something about <laughs> nipple warts nice. and apparently nice. if i understand correctly and you can find the pagist uh which is our new bdsm and sex book review mm-hmm. podcast and by the way she says for somebody who's never podcasted before what a fantastic Right out of the bat, having nice. an idea. And, yes. Uh, no, not a lot of the ums and errs that we still do. And we still do. <laughs> uh, but apparently, in uh, if I understand it correctly, you'll have to go listen to the podcast yourself. My understanding is that the Danish um, er, er, uh, definition of nipple mm-hmm. is, is, is a chest wart or something like oh. that. So play with my chest words. I'm not exactly sure. You'll have to go find out I like the word nipple a little bit better. So, you know, we've actually got a couple of things to to talk about. Oh, I did want to mention um, another podcast that's on our network, The People of Kink. Uh Uh-huh. So Crazy Heart has started a live radio show as well. Now, that's not on the network. That's his own little thing. Right. But uh, we're going to be on it in a couple of weeks. And and regardless of of it being on the network, we certainly support that. It sounds like a lot of fun and really interesting thing to do. Absolutely. So we've done our own little stint with live radio before. 
So what were we on? The Playboy Channel? Yes. Taking live calls? Yeah. That was kind of interesting. <laughs> <laughs> That's the word that I'll use. Yes. It was not great, to be honest, if you ask me. So we have started our traveling season. Yep. Started last night, actually. Uh, you know, you've got West Virginia on here. Are we going to? Oh, we are going we to West Virginia. We are going to West okay. Virginia. Yes. So let's backtrack. Let's hit rewind okay. on the podcast for a moment. I have this naughty 101 list. Right. And it includes um, making out with somebody I didn't expect to make out with. Okay. Watching a stranger. Right. Self-pleasure. Or no, no, I'm sorry. Watch a, well, watch a female. Right. Who is an exhibitionist. Uh-huh. Self-pleasure. It's a key that they are actually getting pleasure from being an right. exhibitionist. And then I had one other one as well. I can't remember what it is. I've read it. I don't remember. The point being, though, mm-hmm. um, we'll be traveling to all these places. Right. If somebody who's a podcast listener happens to have that same fantasy, then I can knock something off my one-on-one list. Well, we got to go over the one-on-one list next week then, so before we really start traveling out of the city. Oh, I'll have to work on it then. So, okay. Because... But- so my understanding is, we're, we're, is this in, in order correctly? We're headed to Dallas? Yes. Then Utah? Yes, sir. Then Chicago? Yes, sir. Then West Virginia? Yes, sir. And then Dallas for a totally Again? different event in Dallas. Right. We have two events in Dallas this year. Yep. We've got two events in Dallas, two events in Chicago, and just other stuff coming up. So, But, yeah, really looking forward to going to Dallas. Now, we started out, though, with Detroit last night. And though Detroit wasn't really our presenting gig thing, you did get to... Get to gift some earned leather. Absolutely. That was uh, really neat. Well, we went up there for uh, two reasons. Mm-hmm. One, uh, I was uh, participating in a live auction. Right. Actually, kind of just, I did the uh, voice for the live auction. Right. Um, which, by the way, if you're an event producer and you have a live auction at your events, feel free to invite me to come do your live auction. Absolutely. Um, I have a great time doing it, and uh, I kind of like to... Get lots of money from auctioning. Kind of, if you're an auctioneer, that kind of tells you that you're doing a good job. If you can get eighty dollars like for something that to raise the money, yeah, absolutely. And and you're entertaining, so people love it. So because you're entertaining, you're fast. You don't let it draw on and on and on. It's like, okay, here's my style. We're going, going, going. Give me mm-hmm. some money. Don't wait till the end. Here right. we go. Here we go. <laughs> and and it's and it's loud and it's boisterous and it draws people in and it's really fun to watch you up on the stage doing that. Well, thank you. So, but the other thing we were there for was we were, as you mentioned, uh, we someone in the local Detroit community. The community came together and said, "So and so person has been working their butt off, and we want to give them their first piece of earned leather." Mm-hmm. They invited me to come up there and be a part of that as a um, as a covered master. In some traditions, it's important right. that the person who is handing over leather, leather has. Um, gone through some stuff that they that are um, have the right to give leather and this right. is not necessarily turning into a leather podcast Mm-mm. at this moment but in this particular in the style of tradition that you and I follow um, right. you have to have gained three pieces of earned leather before you can give anybody else earned leather right so it doesn't turn into what do we call a it a leather, leather circle, circle jerk. jerk right yeah <laughs> so they said that, well Dan we know that you were um, have made that requirement we would like you to be involved in this and I was of course honored to come up there and be participate in that and uh, we did not gain this person's name permission to use on right. the podcast but right. she's certainly well deserving of it mm-hmm. and uh, it was really neat there's one point you know if you're a charismatic person you laugh and you smile and you look um, um, oh, gee, this is wonderful and all that kind of stuff. But there's a moment there where I caught her with this introspective look as she was looking down at this wrist uh, piece, which was a piece of earned leather. It was really neat to see, actually. Nice, nice. 
Awesome, awesome. So we got to do that, and that was the beginning. And then, so we're back this morning from Detroit, and then we hit Dallas in a couple of weeks. So that's the South Plains Weather Fest. Yep. We are um, teaching, what is it? What are we teaching? We are teaching Mindfulness of a Slave. Yes, sir. We are teaching Master Master Slave Slave Buddha, Buddha. which we've done once before, which is a Mm -hmm. real fun Uh exploration of how you can be a Buddhist and be in a power exchange relationship. And then... MS and Polly and the vanilla girl that moved in. Right, something that'll, like that. Yes, That's going to be, be interesting. Absolutely. That'll be the first time we've ever presented that class. Mm-hmm. And um, if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you recognize that Dawn and I are in a power exchange relationship. We also live in the same house, sort of, with Karen, who mm-hmm. I'm not in a power exchange relationship with. Right. And mixing all that in one big bowl of. Whatever this is. All of that. Plus, we're going to mention, so, you know, we're going to mention Big D as well Mm -hmm. and how that gets to come into play. So that'll be kind of neat. And then we're going to Utah, and I don't remember what we're teaching there, but I'm pretty sure it's on the power exchange level. It is, and it's an entire weekend. And we'll talk more about that as it Mm -hmm. gets closer because I'd really love to see people uh, take the opportunity to immerse themselves in a power exchange intensive weekend in such a beautiful environment. And we're actually going to spend a couple of days extra in Utah. We are. I was not aware of it until we started looking into it. It's a truly beautiful place out there. We're looking forward to exploring. Yep, renting the car and driving around. So, And the only reason I wanted to mention Chicago, so I mentioned all of them, in Chicago we've got another new class. So, you know, what are we doing in Chicago? Um, oh, af- the, yeah, Aftercare. Aftercare. Right. And current, current title, Aftercare Makes Me Wet. We're yes. still debating whether we like that title. <laughs> But we wanted it to be more than just a reflection of uh, after I flog you, let me. Right. I'll give you a hug and feed you a chocolate and go on about my day. Right. So we've got a lot of stuff to talk about on that. All right. So, let's yay. let's get moving on. We got to get into our topic soon. We do. Um, we do. Though I do want to mention a couple of things with the tentacles. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Hurry up with well, it. Well, Boy George sent me a little dish. Oh, now Boy so, George sent you a very yes, nice little it is dish. Beautiful. Physically, not just a picture, but actually right. asked for our, our mailing address and sent it in. And it is a really cute little it is. Um, dish about the size of a really big spoon, I guess you could say. I guess. I'm going to end up using it for like my rings. Yeah. So yeah. it'll be like a ring dish. So that'll be kind of neat. And then. Um, and then thank you very much, Boy George. Absolutely. We, we get people that send us links and pictures fairly often mm-hmm. but uh, I appreciate your the extra effort of actually sending us that physical object it was it's it's beautiful it will be right not there to say we don't box. love right the pictures and links no because as well. we do because uh, uh Bungie <laughs> Bungie sent me some uh tentacle and demon comic strips <laughs> and I had to write him back and say okay I've been told why I like tentacles but and I kind of understand it but it still surprises me when I just do something like read a comic and I'm instantly wet. You know, we didn't <laughs> we didn't do the uh, well you get wet watching Zoidberg eat lasagna. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, we did not name a winner for the 2015 Tentacle Link listener of the year. Oh. But I tell you right now, it, it, between uh, Void George sending that, Bungie is hitting you up with the Tentacle Demon comic strips. Sasquatch is always sending me stuff. Like uh, apparently a new octopus picks for the house. Mm-hmm. Everything from iPod holders to chandeliers. I mean, it was a whole list of stuff. So it, it was just it's just amazing how people go out of their way to send these pictures. And sometimes I'll just get this random picture. Oh, saw this, thinking of you. And it's just kind of neat. <laughs> <laughs> 
So very cool about that. Um, so let's get into our topic. I think we can push some of this stuff off till next show. Okay. And then we'll have something to talk about. Because um, we still have things that... Uh, where Sparky is enjoying the podcast and other stuff. Uh, you know, let me mention this real quick because I'm behind on the times on mentioning this. Uh, you know, I want to tell you guys about the uh, Welcome to Surfage Hotel. And I'm going to send you a link to this. It's a, the InBedWithDrSue.com website. And somebody's putting together a BDSM anthology. And the idea is that this whole book is going to take place in the Surfage Hotel. But you can write short stories, submit it, and it'll all be published in one big book. And oh. all the proceeds from that are going to support animal welfare, if I remember correctly. Nice. Really neat little idea. Sir Beast proposed the idea, and uh, it's a pretty fabulous idea. Uh, opportunity for all the new amazing erotica authors to come together and put together something. And like I said, all the uh, proceeds will go to the ASPCA. Well, I've got naughty stories, but they're all in our second book. Yes, we've I haven't published written another one in a while. So we've been in anthologies before. Have we? Um, well, I guess, I don't well, know if we have, but I have. With, well, Taylor Elwood, I wrote up the, yeah. the sacred sexuality kink story that I had, so that um, the live story. So that's kind of neat. All right. Consensual okay. non-consent. Let's see Sounds what we can like do with oxymoron, this. oxymoron, doesn't it? It does. It does. But you know what? I totally get it because I feel like what I have with you is consensual non-consent. Okay. So. So, um. Um, so we've seen a lot of people talk about consensual non-consent. Mm-hmm. Some people take it to be, oh, you're just master-slave. Well, we don't even, we just do this consensual non-consent thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people, like, will um, use it as a way to get into rape play, right? right? I give you consent to do whatever you want, whenever you want, and you can sneak over and rape me whenever you want, right? Mm-hmm. And that's legit. You know, as, as some people who might be new to the world or to the lifestyle might say, well, that's pretty fucked up sounding, but it's some people's kink. It is some people's kink, though um, there, are, there is also a group of people that don't want consensual non-consent to be linked with rape play. Right. Because it sounds like, it, it can make it sound like that's the only thing you do with consensual non-consent. Mm-hmm. So something like that. Uh, it's often considered a show of extreme trust and understanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's considered con- controversial in the BDSM circles, I've been told, uh, because it brings up concerns about abuse and safety. If I've given you consensual non-consent, that gives you rights. It sounds like you have a right to be an abusive asshole. Right. And you can just by saying, oh, well, we practice consensual non-consent. You just don't get our relationship. Right. Uh, normally limited to those in an owner property or 24-7 master-slave relationship, but uh, can be seen used in play sessions as well. Uh, yeah, so that would be a limited time sort of consensual non-consent. So it would have a time frame on it. So that's, I guess that can count. Yeah. So you would perceive us as being in a consensual non-consent relationship? Yeah, we don't, I don't, you don't ask for my consent for everything that you do. Yeah, but we have a constructed relationship built from a contract. True. And you would actually be okay. You would certainly be in, within the, round, the bounds of appropriateness if you said something, if I did something and you said that's outside the bounds of our contract. Maybe. 
I don't know what that would be. Well, for example, if I started to see uh, another person. Right. And I didn't tell you about it until weeks later and said, oh, yeah, I've been fucking Susie Q. Yeah, that kind of falls outside of the boundaries of what we've agreed to. Right. But hmm. so therefore, you know, I mean, that may be an extreme sort of thing. Um, for that matter, I can't. Can I just make you go get a tattoo? No, you see, we don't have this. See, you always have the option to say. And I wonder in consensual non-consent if there's this option to, say, to read, to say no. See, it doesn't sound like it, though, does it? Here's where we do have a consensual non-consent relationship is that you have the opportunity. You're allowed to say no anytime you want. Mm-hmm. I just, um, it, you'll have to pay a price for that. Right. So... So, see, it's kind of funny. If you told me to go get a tattoo, I would probably listen because that's where that trust comes in, right? Mm -hmm. So I do have a very, very, very trusting relationship with you, you know? And some of the examples that I use is I'm in the last semester of getting ready to get my degree, Mm -hmm. and if you told me to quit, I would quit. Doesn't mean I wouldn't speak up and say, hey, have you thought about... Unless you told me to shut the fuck up. Right. <laughs> and then conversation's over. But I would still do it because I trust that you have a reason. Because your intent is not to harm me. You know, you have an intent to raise me to my best. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, so is it, the, is our consensual non-consent, do we move into the land of fanatical trust? And what I mean by that is, you know, the idea that if you are a... Um, if you're a Christian mm-hmm. and somebody says, hey, I saw this, uh, I read an article the other day that uh, Jesus was actually born 3,000 years ago, not 2,000 years ago. Right. You as a Christian would probably say, well, that's not what I've heard. But you would at least listen and be willing to explore it, maybe have somewhat of an open mind, where a fanatical Christian would simply say, you're the devil and your words are heretical and I'll never hear, I won't even hear anything you say. Mm-hmm. Um, so consensual... So- a fanatical, you know, so is that level of consent where you have, where you just trust master so to such an extreme level that you'll, you wouldn't even think anything he does is wrong? I or is guess that pushing so. it beyond what the meaning is? I don't know, because I, I would still say, even with the example that you gave about dating someone, blah, 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 yeah. and not telling me, it still feels like we have a level of consensual non-consent. But... Fanatical consensual non-consent, we don't have the fanatical level because if you told me to engage in bestiality, mm-hmm. I would have to draw the line. Right. That it, That is a limit. Or children. Right. Or, um, you know, something like that. What about that. poopy play? What about shit play? Oh, God. No, not my thing. Yeah. Would I Tough do Tough it's not t- your thing. Right. I get... See, there's, where I jo- right. there's a difference between with children and animals. You can say, I, can ha- I have a legitimate... Internal ethical boundary here. Right. With poo play, do you have an internal ethical boundary, or is it just disgusting? For me, it's just disgusting. I so, know some people, it's their fetish. Absolutely, so that's, and, that's and there's somebody running around town right now, and we'll get them on the podcast um, because we just don't know anything about it, right? Right. Maybe it's going to be like pony play. Once I try it, I'll be like, oh, well, that's not so bad. <laughs> is that going to be on your one-on-one list? Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, 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 shit players, but I don't get that. Uh, you know what? Whether I get it or not doesn't mean anything. But anyway, I get it that you find it disgusting. Right. But 
with a consensual in consensual non-consent, I, you would still be bound to do it. I would, yeah, I would think you'd still be bound to do it. So, actually, I'm kind of curious to talk to people that. So are I'm gonna in. take this this blump of poop I got uh, in my hand. No, 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 no. Right in your mouth. Like this. Oh, God. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's just wrong. And now the dog squeezes. Ginger, we do not need those sound effects. <laughs> I guess we don't have a consensual non-consent. I mean, when we play, we do. You can do anything you want when we play, except for those very basic things. Mm-hmm. You know, no kids, no animals. And you would actually, for the most part, you would dig it if I did something that's outside of our normal yeah. thing. Because you like pleasing me. Yes, yeah. Um, I like a little, I like the edge play. I like now, the and play. here's where we, see, we're just going in circles. Here's right. where we do have consensual non-consent. If I came up with something new... We don't have to have this big discussion about it beforehand. I don't have mm-hmm. to gain your consent for each thing that comes up. Right. Our relationship is more of it's a very, very broad, open relate. The boundaries are very uh, minuscule of mm-hmm. what's outside the boundaries and what's within the boundaries. is a very huge area. If I told you, like last night, I said, let's leave the party. I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of playing at the party, let's just go home and fuck. Or back to the hotel. Right. I didn't ask your permission. I didn't negotiate Mm -mm. that with you. We just did it. Right. Um, If we were, you know, if I wanted to have, go to a movie tonight or whatever, I'm within my bounds. I would ask you, normally I do ask you, hey, let's go to a movie tonight. Right. Um, I went to a poly thing by myself a couple Last year, like last six, summer. seven, eight months ago. Yeah, last summer. See, there's one where I don't think I asked. I didn't ask your permission. No, you just. I just told said, me "Hey, I I want to go do this." Yep. So and I did. So you know, part of me leans. To, fortunately, it's like all other BDSM and power exchange terms. It's very flexible. Mm-hmm. Make it what you want it to be. Right. Right. So, and I guess that's how that's how it works. So make it what you want it to be. But but when you're hooking up with someone else, and you're both using that term, consensual yeah. non-consent, make sure you discuss what the hell that means to both of you. Right. Right? So, I mean, your boundaries are so freaking huge because I've earned, you've earned my trust, I've earned your trust. So, you know, trusting relationship. With somebody new, if I said consensual unconsent, I would really want to talk with them to figure out what that means. So here's a scenario for you. Okay. Your mistress, Dawn. And you have a slave boy, <laughs> right? And your slave boy identifies as being het. Okay. And one day you've got him tied up. Mm-hmm. And um, suddenly some other guy shows up and you drive and you have the other guy who does not identify as het start fucking your slave boy. Right. In a consensual non-consent relationship, that's okay? In a consensual non-consent. And I guess it's how you, like I said, how you defined it up front with the relationship but my understanding is that would be okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know if I like that, though. And here's the, the tricky bit. The flip side of it is I would be concerned that people are using consensual non-consent to say, well, we don't have a – it's just another way of saying we don't have a contract. Mm-hmm. I, I order, she obeys. I order, or he obeys. Words. Don't have safe words, right? Right. But I, also, I often find in those non – and this maybe not often. On occasion, in non-structured relationships like that, non-structured power exchange relationships, it allows the 
person leading the relationship to actually be lazy. Mm. You and I have a very growth-oriented relationship, right? Right. If I bring in another slave into our household, part of it is how does that impact the growth of our relationship? Part right. of it's not that, but that's part of it. Um, I fear that, it, that a non-structured relationship like that, a lot of times it's because, oh, I just do whatever master tells you. Oh, cool. Does he ever tell you to do anything beyond get dinner and give me a blowjob? Or is right. it really, which is really not right. the style of power exchange you and I engage in. Right. I mean, it's, it's part of it, but it's just a part of it. So, and is it used to push the person in a good way, like you said, with the growth or stuff like that? Or is it used to tear? Yeah, what's the intent behind yeah. it? If you go back to Mistress Dawn example, mm-hmm. it's a very skilled mistress that recognizes slave Joe Blow says he identifies as Het and he's ethically bound and Het and that's who he is. Right. Versus. I've always identified as het in the past mm-hmm. and seeing and pushing and pushing, and pushing. that boundary, so, right? See, that I could go with. If it's something that's harmful, I couldn't go with that. And so. you could even continue that person as, as het and as uh, humiliation play, mm-hmm. make them take a dick up the ass, mm-hmm. you know, and that be the appropriate level of relationship. So now we're going to come back to the positives of consensual non-consent. Right. If you're a skilled leader in that relationship, then it gives you a very wide opportunity to look, to to push a person in a particular way sure. that is where they want to go. So you know, and as a as a slave, I mean, a lot of us like to be pushed. There's some slaves that really don't want to make any decisions. So mm-hmm. consensual non-consent, they've always got that, well, he made me do it. She made me do it. You know? Yeah. And it gives them permission to try mm-hmm. new things. But I still have a concern over the intent. How far, how much ego does that give the person in charge? You know, it depends on who the person is. And if it inflates their ego so much that, oh, look what I can make my slave do, how far does that go? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's, there's, I'm going to tell you, there's, the consensual non-consent makes me wet as shit. The right. idea over it makes me wet until I start thinking of, ooh, what does that really mean? Where could that really go? So here's an example from the Master Hank school. Okay. Am I allowed to cut your hair? Yes, sir. But we haven't talked. You haven't, haven't given me consent to do that. No, sir. So... But that, yeah. That's a good example of That's consensual ex- non-consent that we do have. Yeah. To um, just walk up and, or walk up and pick my clothes, walk up and take my clothes. Um, see, tell me what to wear for work that isn't work appropriate. Yeah. Right? You know? So where's, I don't know. And a lot of it, of course, depends on the relationship itself. There's a good the one that you just said, mm-hmm. to make me wear clothes that's not work appropriate. Well, if you're in a 24-7 living together relationship, that has a cost. Right. That you, hopefully, as the leader in that relationship, are aware of, right? The cost might be you might get suspended or fired from your job. The cost might be simple as a long-term, you'll never get a promotion. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you're in a 24-7 committed long-term relationship, that's a different cost for you than if it's just somebody you met in a bar and you give them that order, you know? I'm okay with the whole idea of consensual non-consent or owner property, which, mm-hmm. see, here's my problem. I don't see it as that much different. Right. As long as the person who is the receiver in that relationship can, comes into it and maintains this level of self-awareness enough that they can say, I'm done. I'm out. Right. And 
we had I had that with Slave Candy years ago. Mm-hmm. Was it years ago now? Yeah, it's been it's been a couple it's been of years. years now. Where um, it was very much a owner property or a consensual non consent relationship. And sometimes I would say, you know, we're going to an event in Chicago. Get in the car. You're going too. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I would say, we're going to an event in Chicago. I don't want you to go. You're going to stay here. Mm-hmm. And um, that worked fine. And when it wasn't working anymore for her, mm-hmm. she said, this doesn't work for me anymore. I want out. Right. And that's what gives me the permission to be that, um, that Master Hank archetype. Right. Right. So, no, it makes perfect sense. So, but I would imagine, and not being a master or a dom or a top or the leader or whatever, I would imagine having that much power could actually be t- kind of scary. Challenging, scary. I mean, because actually with, um, with one of the past slaves that you had, they wanted you to have much more Mm-hmm. consensual non-consent than what you actually took. Right. So. I had, a, I've had opportunities to be very abusive. Yeah. You know, where people have asked me, here's the key, here's my bank account. Will right. you please take That's over That's what it? exactly what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Um, you know. Where a less ethical person would have taken advantage of that and said, oh, consensual non-consent. Well, I don't have to work anymore. And boy, right. I'll tell you what, I'm not going to say I didn't think about that. I said, well, shit, you mean I don't have to work anymore? I could just not work anymore. Right. And I'll be, you'll, what do they call it, a uh, honey daddy or some shit? Yeah, I'm Sugar not daddy, sure. but it'd be the opposite. Sugar right? mama. No, it'd be the opposite because they would be, the, the slave would be the person providing right. you. Right, but that so would be the sugar mama instead of the sugar daddy. I think that's, I think that, you might be right. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have one either way. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this fucker up. Uh, So I don't know that we answered anything. We just kind of reflected on stuff. And it it was actually kind of neat because, like I said, I I thought we had consensual non-consent. But there are a couple of things that are outside of the boundaries. But those are things that we've decided over the time of Mm -hmm. being together that that's what we need to feel healthy about ourselves, I guess. Like um, we have an agreement, we'd say, for sex practices, right? Consensual non-consent, you would never go out. I mean, even with consensual non-consent, you wouldn't have to follow those boundaries. Right. It's safer sex. Right. You could do whatever you wanted to. And think about the emotional cost that would have on you. Right. So Not just physical cost, if I fuck something up, but the emotional cost of knowing who knows what I'm bringing in. Right. Right. So I guess we don't have official, complete, blanket, consensual non-consent because... There's a couple of things that ethically I won't do. You know, we were talking about in the um, uh, power exchange with Kevin and Katie Mm -hmm. here in Columbus. That's a once a month thing. Sometimes it's best just to make up fucking words. Yeah. It's because people try and wrap around, oh, you're in a consensual non-consent. Let me wrap my perception around that. No, no, we're in a a Spartan style of power exchange. Oh, what the fuck is that? Right. 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 Start with a blank slate. Although I could see a Spartan style of power exchange. Yeah. Power exchange with kettlebells. I want to, oh, power exchange with kettlebells. No, I want one of those. Oh, I've never said that before. I want one of those slaves (laughs) 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 that preps us before you and I are intimate. You heard it here, (gasps) folks. Star wants a slave. It's on the 101 list. (laughs) And do we go right into by Dan, by Dawn? Oh, we just go right into by Dan, by Dawn. By Dawn. By Dan.